Welcome back to the Suitors Podcast. The Battle of Amritsar continues. In the last episode, we heard how the battalion, the missile of Pai Banu, went into battle. He faced off against the Mughal commander, Shamsh Khan, and killed him with his sword, cutting him diagonally in half, before then attaining Shahidi Mardunam, where he then traveled to the afterlife. Chapter 10 now begins describing how both generals from both sides had died on the battlefield, Shamsh Khan, Pai Banu, when both sides then clashed again viciously. So from both sides, weapons were being wielded, wounding and killing people. No one ran back, even while being wounded, as they fought with each other. Countless bodies had been piled up. Countless were being cut up. Their limbs were being chopped up, but even then they didn't lose their resolve. The spirit of warfare was now imbued within everybody. All the warriors were enraged. Many warriors were laid out on the battlefield, enduring great injuries. Some were yelling out, where are you going to run now? Others were saying, come on forward, come. Some had their arms cut off. Others were roaming the battlefield in such enthusiasm. Others had their feet cut off. Some had their shoulders cut off. Others were shouting out, screaming for help. Some had their stomachs sliced open. Both sides had clashed now and were in close quarter combat. Countless warriors were now getting killed and others in such anger and rage were not even taking one step back. At that point, Mughal Khan, the top general of the Mughal forces, he heard that Shamsh Khan had died. So he sent another general, a Sayyid named Muhammad Ali, who mounted up. He had a thousand warriors with him. So Mughal Khan sent these a thousand reinforcements towards the directions that the missile, the battalion of Ibanu was fighting, who were now fighting without their general. Ali Muhammad's army now of a thousand rode out, beating their battle drums as they were letting off rifle shots from afar, while then approaching on their horses with great speed. When the Sikh warriors saw another batch, another battalion of reinforcements approaching like a massive tsunami, at that point, Ali Muhammad's troops were yelling out, kill, 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 as their bullets were striking and killing the Sikh warriors. The Sikhs couldn't hold their ground there, and seeing countless of their own getting killed, the Guru's warriors stepped back, began to flee. They couldn't stand and fight. Only a few remained alive who were fighting in such anger. One of the warriors quickly turned his horse and rode out to Guru Hargobind, telling him, Guru Hargobind, a great war has broken out now. Countless have died. Only a few remain there. A new battalion has arrived. A massive unit has come in front of us, and we couldn't hold our position. Guru Hargobind heard this and said, Take more warriors with you and go kill these Malaysh, these barbarians. Hold your ground with great fortitude. Guru Hargobind then, after giving that sick reinforcements, spoke out to Singaprot. Singaprot, take 500 strong with you. From the northeast direction of Amritsar, attack from that flank. Ride your horses up and then join the battle and hit them from the side. So now, both sides where the original battle was occurring had met again ferociously with a new additional support given to that Sikh who rode to Guru Hargum and asking for reinforcements. The sun was now rising and was paired with the sounds of rifles firing off. Crows and vultures were flying in the sky along with jackals eating the dead bodies. The yoganis, the helpers of the goddess Kala, were there drinking blood, eating meat off the dead warriors. Meanwhile, the Khans from Ali Muhammad's force had arrived there and were chopping up sick warriors. 
From both sides, a great roar, a clash had occurred. Some were getting their heads blown off by bullets. Ali Muhammad shouted out in such arrogance, kill all the warriors in front of you. Send them running from the battlefield. Now there is sunlight. We can see what's going on, so kill all of them. The Turks, the Mughal forces, they pressed forward in this one massive great attack. Some of them were holding shields and swords. Some were shooting their rifles, which were spitting out fire. The warriors bravely pressed forward, and the heavenly angels in the sky looked down, infatuated with the warriors. They were so happy seeing such bravery imbued in the warriors, who roared with such ferocity on the battlefield. Some were jumping around nimbly, striking down and killing others. Others were clashing and breaking their weapons. The Guru's warriors, the reinforcements had joined them. But the Khans, the Mughal army, they weren't disturbed by this. They held their ground. So such a fiercely pitched battle this was now on both sides, as the bodies were just piling up higher and higher. Singaprot looked at his own warriors and yelled out loudly as they were approaching from the flank, from the side. Look at these Malaysia in front of us. Shoot them all at once and kill them in great rage. So Singaprot, he gave these orders to his 500 and they had attacked from a different direction. They had flanked the Mughals. Their battle drums were now playing Maru Rag, the Rag of death on the battlefield. All the warriors were yelling out, kill, kill, kill the warriors, yet still stood firm in the battlefield. So Singapore's troops let out some volley fire. They all shot at once as they rode up and then attacked the Mughal forces with swords in their hand, chopping up the enemies before those enemies fell to the ground. Some were spinning to the ground before falling dead. The Sikh warriors would kill many Turks before then themselves would fall on the battlefield. The warriors of the Guru fought with such anger and rage and were steadfast on the battlefield. Singapore then, in fighting, viciously called out, yelling, challenging others, his enemies. And such a powerful warrior, this Brahmin Prohot of the, of the Guru was, Singapore, who was facing the enemy now from the opposite side. He had a bow which he was pulling the bowstring back to his ear, placing the arrow properly in it before then firing it off. These arrows, carrying with it the Guru's glory, pierced the bodies of the Turks. The arrows hissed like snakes as they flew across the battlefield before ripping through countless enemy soldiers. He himself took the form of Biruras, the heroic spirit, so viciously as he was roaming around on the battlefield, killing countless. Both sides had countless dead now, which looked as if they were laying down, sleeping, all piled up. This is how countless Turks were getting killed. And Ali Muhammad saw this and he was enraged. He spoke out to his troops saying, why are you moving back? What will others say about this, that you are retreating? Ali Muhammad rode around on his horse, yelling at his troops, bolstering up support. Then he was able to gather his troops in line, at which point he saw Singapore was getting close with his arrows, his arrows which were not allowing his forces to hold their ground. So then he rode up against Singapore in great anger. Singapore saw that a general Ali Muhammad was approaching and saw that Ali Muhammad had his rifle and was prepping it to fire at him. So to guard against this, he was moving diagonally on his horse to avoid that gunfire while shooting out arrows at him. Ali Muhammad shot his rifle, but it hit Singapore's horse. So now the horse and Singapore fell to the ground. The Mughal army saw that and they were so relieved. 
Singapore quickly though he readied himself he got up he picked up his bow from all directions now the Turks were shooting arrows at him they had encircled him and they were yelling out kill Singapore was just shooting out from all directions at that point spinning around whoever was getting close to him he would just nail with his arrow impaling them and killing them so quickly Singapore would let these arrows off the Mughal soldiers had no idea when he would even let one off Ali Muhammad yelled out when he was approaching saying wait he's mine don't let him run away when Ali Muhammad lifted his rifle and just as he began to aim at Singapore right away Singapore let off an arrow splitting Ali Muhammad's forehead his rifle fell first and then Ali Muhammad leaned over he fell off the horse and the horse ran away and that's how the leader of that battalion Ali Muhammad was killed Singapore just couldn't be stopped what a powerful and tenacious warrior he was but at that point countless Turks had surrounded him and they let off rifle volley fire at him Singapore who was not mounted up on a horse he was only on foot so he was hit by this rifle fire but he still didn't run back he continued to fight even as Mughal soldiers closed the distance with swords and they cut his limbs but he continued to fight when only he was pieces on the ground then he left this world while killing many enemies in great anger now both armies continued in their vicious battle from both sides the battlefield looked horrific and ferocious when this news of Singapore and his passing had reached Guru Hargobind's ear he was just enraged he readied himself for battle and in this manner the battle reached such a vicious state with thousands now dead now Guru Hargobind had a desire to jump into the battlefield with determination and that's how chapter 10 concludes in the next chapter we're going to hear of the guru's plan as he sends Bandar Khan and Bidhi Chand on a mission while he jumps into the battlefield so that's what we're going to pick up next time but as always like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page jara auga chadke gauga chadke khasna arega tarla lala marega शरण भरेगा ते तरेगा गज गज करा जावे गुरु हरिबिंद साहब के मान पावे में हलो जावे सब सरे आगा